Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode number 151 of the Socially Distanced Podcast. I am your Amanda Lorian and your human Star Wars encyclopedia, Amanda Rivas. And we are here for our first solo Mando episode. So still showing Papa Pedro some love. Just, uh, you know, a little still loving him, though. Just not as just not as much TV. I miss it, though. I do miss The Last of Us. But anyway, um, excited to jump because this episode was amazing. I can't wait to talk about it. And we can't do this, of course. I can't do this without my clan here, my fellow Mandos. Of course, we have our dashing editor-in-chief of thepopbreak.com, Bill Botkin. My friend, how are you today? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm really great. I'm glad you're hosting because uh, I think my contribution, if I was hosting, would be, hey, there were three naked birds in this episode. Bye. Uh, that's about as far as my brain would have gone. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> and that's the great way to segue into. Yes, I'm, so de- I'm so dead, guys. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> into introducing the managing editor of the popfreak.com, our favorite, one of our favorite duly minted data lareans, hanging out with the ends. How you doing with the Bobby Fricks over there, Al? How's it oh going? Oh, my gosh. My God, too many Baba Fricks in my house. <laughs> are you giving? Uh, are you giving too many Fricks? Too I'm many giving fricks so many Fricks, and uh, I am officially, <laughs> as of a few hours ago, on paternity leave. So I will be uh, basically it will be me and my littlest Baba Frick um, hanging out for the next few weeks. So uh, wish me luck because I, I I think I don't know if I'm going to make it. Honestly, it's going to be. It's gonna be tough. It's like a, it's like, yay, I'm off from work, but at the same time, oh my god, I have to take care of this very small creature. Do do we need to send Jedi reinforcements for you? My God, if 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 Ahmad Best can can come and hang out with me, that would be amazing. He's great with kids. Oh man, and of course, we can't dive into this episode without our esteemed guest. Super excited to welcome him, making his debut for the socially distanced podcast. My good friend, Joe Harrison, who's been wrestling for 11 years on the Carolinas, and he's currently one half of the AIWF World Tag Team Champions, the Sioux Dudes, with attitude. So, Joe, how are you? Thank you for joining us. I'm doing great. How are you? Oh, man, excited. I'm excited to have you here. So, fun fact about Joe, guys. Um, So, during the pandemic... We made a series of video clips. Um, you know, we, you know, I was in Princess, my Princess Leia cosplay at one point talking about Star Wars. We were on the whole, uh, you know, Tiger King, I think before it got big. That seems yeah. like forever ago, too. It does. It does. They're out there on YouTube somewhere. I'm sure on your channel. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so are you guys ready to dive into this episode, which was epic? So, Al, do you feel up to pre-gaming us here? Oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, wait, let me, let me. Literally, uh, let me, you're sick. <laughs> let me, let me pull up. Uh, yeah, let me pull it up. Hold on. You, uh, you, have, you have two jobs, Al. Two jobs. All right. All right. Yeah, so pre-game time. I haven't done this. I feel like I haven't done this in a while because I haven't been on the show in a while. All right. So, uh, this, yeah, this is, this is an interesting one. and something we really actually, like, you know, we, we have a, a, a daily at this point. Uh, group chat uh, again 
sponsored by Facebook Messenger for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, we're we have, old. So we are, we are old. Um, but yeah, surprisingly, this didn't come up. And I'm glad we're going to talk about it on the podcast. So um, Shazam 2, Shazam Fury of the Gods, opened to number one in North America, but only made 30.5 million after being expected to collect 35 to 40 million for the opening weekend. And the first Shazam opened to 53.5 million. It's also one of the worst starts in DC cinematic universe after, of course, Wonder Woman 1984 and the Suicide Squad, which was both both those films being released during the pandemic era. So, I mean, I'm going to start with Amanda, big, big superhero guy. Um, but I mean, what, what do you do? You think, do you <laughs> think do you guy? Okay. I'm a bro. I'm OK with that. I'm a, a bro. bro. I'm, the, I'm a bro. She's I'm a bro. bro. She's aware. Um, no, like, I mean, obviously your general thoughts on this, but like more specifically, do we feel that this is like because the movie just didn't look good? Or do we think that, you know, we kind of know the fate of a lot of these DC properties now that Gunn and Sa- and Saffron are taken over? Yeah. So what do you do you feel is a combination of both one or the other or something completely different? Oh, I, I think you know, with the, the DC reset, you know, people are probably like, is this going to be relevant? So, I mean, I mean, I'm sure there's people questioning whether it's worth seeing this or not, but I, I also feel like there's kind of a general trend. We've talked about this with Marvel, but I, I feel like, and and again, this is just my opinion, but I think there may be a superhero burnout in general, you know, and it's, it's both from DC and Marvel. And I feel like that burnout for people contributed to it. Like I, I didn't personally have a sense of urgency. Like I'm going to go see Shazam. I still haven't seen it because, you know, again, with this, lots of other movies to catch up on HBO max is here to help me out. And uh, you know, that that's kind of how I feel about it. So for me, I think it's, it's a little combination of DC reset, but really I think burnout. Uh, Joe, I think we were supposed to get both this movie and Aquaman two in 2022 if i was if i'm not mistaken i think so i believe we were supposed to get like one summer and one winter of 2022 and they pushed them all the way back to um you know dumpuary do you think this was on purpose after seeing you know somewhat the finished product that you know they dumped it in the worst time to release a movie in these in these first few months of of the year i think so a little bit i think they try try to hope to have like a sleeper hit but since it's, I don't want to say it's irrelevant, the movie, but we all know kind of the fate of what happened. Like every, everything's having a re- reboot. And I know we live in a world of multiverses and stuff like that. So in a way, this can count for something. I, I just think Shazam as a whole, one and two, just, I don't know. It was just a weird project, I think. I don't know. I just, I wasn't clamoring for a Shazam movie. I thought the first one was okay. You know, but I wasn't like, I need it. I need a second one. I need it now. Um, and, you know, with everything going on, like James Gunn taking over, I just, I don't know. I just felt like, oh, okay. Like I saw some people argue, like not every movie needs to be connected, but like with Marvel and DC movies, we expect connection. We expect yeah. a, a continuity. We expect a through line, something like even an Easter egg, we expect something to move things forward and when you kind of stop that you know oh well this doesn't this doesn't really matter those fans at hardcore hardcore fan base 
they're not going to go see it. Because I think even the worst Marvel movie, people go out and see because they know, oh, wait, this is, this is going to connect to um, Kang, you know, Kang's story and how he's going to be a badass in the next Avengers movie. They'll go see Ant-Man, whether they loved it or hated it or anything in between. They want to see it because they want to see the progression. Where Shazam, I feel like, oh, there's no story. There's no end game. Uh, no pun intended. Um, so why do I need to see it? Yeah, absolutely. And, I, you know, I was actually a big fan of the first movie. We're talking about things that are like kind of like a sleeper hit. I, I don't think anyone had expectations for that movie. But when that first trailer came out and they, we saw this like super light side of that, you know, at the current state of what the DCU was, we were in the midst of the Snyder verse, basically. And people were saying like, man, these movies are dark. Like, are they going to all be like this? Right. And, you know, it wasn't until Shazam and, and you know, a solo Aquaman film were like, oh, no, this could be more fun and light and fun, like exciting and, and not just like grim, dark and like, you know, uh, gritty. Right. So I, I I totally agree with what you're saying, though, in terms of um, there is a little bit of super superhero fatigue, as Amanda said, but also what you're saying in terms of like, is this necessary viewing for me? And I mean. Also, does it have to be? I, I, it's a weird kind of combo you can have where it's like, do now every one of these superhero movies has to lead into the next thing? How do we introduce new things without like making it essential viewing for something completely different or leading up to and, a new story? And I think they put themselves in a corner like Marvel yeah. and DC where they, uh, everything has to. I mean, granted, you have things like Joker and Joker 2 coming out and stuff like that. These Elseworld tales that they're... You're right. Guns. But I don't know. It's just now it's just like this weird funk because I felt like Shazam and stuff was taking place in that main universe. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you kind of know everything's ending... Gunn kind of said it wasn't, though. When he was talking, yeah. he was like, you know, Sam's living in its own thing. It's kind of always been in its own world. We're like, wait, what? No. Right. That's yeah. And it was weird because, you know, you had that tie-in with Superman in the first one. And yeah, stuff exactly. Like that. And, and, God, and Superman and on, on his own is like another thing. Like, oh, we, we have him back. No, we don't. We have, you know, like. Yeah. Well, that's what I want to talk about. So, Bill, before we get into Mandalorian talking, I, I, I could talk to you about box office expectations and all that stuff but i thought this would be more fun to talk about so a few years ago there was a big clash between two pretty big actors the rock and vin diesel and i want to say that 99.9999 percent of the world and sanely so and, and myself included were like oh man vin diesel's a dick the rock is the good guy in this well, after well, reports, after, well, well, there's been there's been some reports uh, after the fallout and some confirmations on confirmation. Instagram. There's been some reports that you know the Rock, kind of when DC was at its like you know in the midst of the whole Warner Brother Discovery thing, getting sold, new new owners, blah 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 blah. Before James Gunn came, he was basically trying to like spearhead the future of the DCU with like black Adam at the center of it and had some like clashes with studio executives. And apparently Zachary Levi, who on paper looks like the nicest human being on earth. I've heard conflicting wow. things. I've heard conflicting things about that as well, but it, it just always seemed like he was like 
it, we always were on the side of the rock. Has that changed now? Oh, <laughs> my friend. Where do you Has see- it ever? We, the chance of die, <laughs> Rocky die, are coming back. Not really. Oh, <laughs> but but let me but let me finish that. So, it yes is it, you you've already answered that like you know is this happening? But at the same time, it's like, what does this mean for the future of like one of the most bankable stars so, on the planet? I think uh, just real quick, I have to get my theory about Shazam. Just real quick, why I didn't do it. I think Black <clears throat> Adam left a horrible taste in so many people's mouths. I think I don't know many people outside of The Rock's Instagram that were like, "Yo, Black Adam was awesome." Most people were like, "Yo, Black Adam isn't good," mm-hmm. or we're or like you, or like every, probably everyone on this podcast. Hey. I'll wait till it comes out on HBO Max. Um, Still haven't watched it. Neither have I. Same, haven't watched it. When I saw that trailer, I, I honestly said, I'm like, you saw it? Was it any good? It was okay. At okay. Best. But that trailer didn't get me hyped for that movie at all. And 15 like, years oh. of, yeah. 15 years of waiting for this friggin' movie to come out. And you're like, that's what you're going to give me. It's like the opposite of Deadpool. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. It was like, everyone I, wanted, I wanted that movie. It. I wanted it to be good just because I was like, man, 15 years of reading yeah. the magazines and the internet and all this stuff, you know, before we saw Twitter and all this stuff, like rumors, like we had like the well, IMDB message boards were hot. Yes. <laughs> yeah. it's like we, we heard this fan, ca- you know, fantasy casting of the rock being uh black Adam. And we're like, mm-hmm. yeah, let's do it. Like, you know, and, and then we got that. And I think promoted I think- that character. Like it was, Superman, like he's yeah. like this is this is not not your not it your was daddy's like Superman. It, it was it his really passion was. piece, but he made like I would if you polled people pre him getting like the fan casting. If you polled people and said who is Black Adam, they'd be like I don't know a black guy named Adam, right? Like, honestly, like that is not a well known. Like is character. that the is that the goat from the Vovovich? Like, you know, is that is that what who it is? I mean, like, yeah. but so here's he the thing. made people care about that character. No, he teen years. I don't know if he made people care about it or he just aware. let people knew aware, he, aware not aware. care. Yeah, not aware. aware. But I think so. Shazam was Black Adam. No, uh, Zachary Levi going on Joe Rogan's podcast and just saying all the wrong things that didn't help that. Co- I tell you, like. I was like, man, I can't wait to watch Shazam and Shazam 2. I heard what he had to say. I'm like, fuck that guy. I am not going to watch any of this. Oh, Jordan Peterson's interesting. Really? Bye. Uh, that's just me. And I think that that does ding people when they say stuff like that. Yeah, it and very it's also, much does. And mm-hmm. I don't think the trailers were overly impressive. No. And it's like, we talked about this last week. Where it's like, uh, oh, no, Amanda and I talked about this offline. It's like, there is so much content out there right now that it's hard to keep up with anything. So you're like, okay, this movie will be on HBO Max in a few months. I'll catch it then. You know, if it's not something like where you're like, like, you know, like what I think the Mission Impossible trailer is going to be, or like how we saw clips of the Tom Cruise, like, I'm going to take a motorcycle off a mountain. I'm good. Yeah. Or like we see the Guardians trailer, or we see Indiana Jones 5. We're like, oh my God, he's back. We're crying. Here's a like, better example. It's Here's not a better happening. example. The Flash. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm on the fence. So doesn't matter. When you saw that trailer and Eaton came out, you popped. Oh, I popped a, for Keaton. Yeah. I didn't for pop Keaton. for Ezra Miller. No, but there nah. you you want to go see that movie 
because of Keaton, and you yeah. want to see how they're going to do it, why it's getting. But there was nothing. There nothing was nothing like in nothing like that for this. Correct. But in regards to The Rock, I think The Rock has burnt out. He's become a walking gimmick. He's become. I'm just, here's my latest thing I'm selling you. He's a walking salesman. Everything he does, like I follow him on Instagram and I feel more and more he went from being like, hey, I'm Dwayne Johnson. I'm the world's biggest movie star, but here's me working out. Here's me with my kids. Look at these, this French toast and these pancakes I eat. They're ridiculous. Ah, you got a bad day. Here's my case of the fuck. It's I'm going to, but everything is like, I have a Terramana tequila and here's the XFL and here's yeah. Zoa energy and here's the young rock and here's everything I'm brand, like, there's no, sin- the sincerity of the rock kind of left for the advertising dollar where he's just like, where he's talking about, and even when he would use the Terramana, he, I'd like at first it was just like, listen, it's COVID we're all drinking and like, I got it. But then it's just like, I have to have Terramana here. And I don't know what happened during black Adam, but some, he pissed off the wrong people because you started hearing him leaking how he, they had to have the after party for a PG movie, 13 movie had to have a Terramana tequila bar. Like you heard him trying to be the head of DC creative. He even posted stuff on his Instagram about that. Like he made, the wrong people mad and they're like you know what fuck this guy we're gonna leak all this shit out there on how he's a megalomaniac and he wants to just run everything and i think we have hit the expiration date on the our love for the rock you I think. oh yeah but that's the thing but we yeah. have i think we talked about a few weeks ago on the pod. We're talking, I mean, even this last week, Amanda, we're talking about the Pedro burnout, Pedro Pascal yes. burnout. We have hit the, 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 we're at the tipping point for the rock where it is, it is now st- like that roller coaster is now going down because it's like, it's too much. We've, we've hit the saturation point. He's hit Chris Pratt level now. He's, he's oh, at Pratt that's level. That's fair. That's yeah, fair. But, but that's, but, but I don't think that's, a, I don't think that's a good comparison. I think Chris Pratt, I think, I think, I think Zachary Levi is reaching Chris Pratt level because uh, he is because he is, you know, I, I mean, I, I don't want to. No, but he's not. As, so like, when I say that he was so ever present and he was so beloved was Zachary Levi was never to that level. But I'm saying in is the, ge- the, the, the geek the, nerd culture, he very much was in your to, basement. Not- he was because <laughs> I, no one talked about Chuck in my entire life more than yeah, but but he had he no, was a he was entangled. just a general overall presence in the community. he's a great flynn rider let's give him that yeah okay but, but what i was gonna say was i feel like his joe's like the, i have no reference to flynn the back yeah. the, the backlash it's tangled, the movie it's an the backlash the backlash to levi is very reminiscent of yes because Chris it's Pratt. politically or religiously all that kind of stuff, stuff like that correct but i think what i say but like how people no, no. are like i yeah. don't want to watch i'd like the rock yeah. i don't know if i want to watch him anymore that's what people are going yeah. to y- yes and i feel like Oh, sorry. No, I feel no, like you're the good. Rock, go, go. rock was very uh, split, like a, a polarizing response with him regardless, because he came out with like 27 movies a year and maybe one would be like um, see a that good movie. movie. Jumanji was a good movie. Yes, I, I, I enjoyed yeah. both of them that he did. Yeah, they're they're pretty, the second one was yeah. solid. Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, yeah. Hobbs and Shaw uh, was good. The only Fast and Furious movie I ever saw. I was about to say, Al perked up there. Here we go. Is yeah. it, are we family? Are we talking but about he, family? Here's here's the thing. And and 
Bill, I totally, uh, I t- totally agree. I know you should. The Rock is. We've talked about them on the podcast years ago that we've been doing this. How much of like he's not even like a real person anymore. He's like no. this entity, right. right? And as you're talking about him always selling stuff, it's like that's his like mode now. He is in like a select group of actors and moguls and all that kind of stuff where they become, you know, they are the brand, right? So Ryan Reynolds, Kevin Hart are like yeah, the rock. LeBron. Those are probably the yeah, yeah, LeBron, I would say actor later, but like in terms of like people who are actors, like you know them mostly for their acting, and then they've kind of expanded to become a brand. Ryan Reynolds, Kevin Hart, The Rock, those are like the three that are like probably the juggernauts. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds, like Canada's sweetheart, the world's sweetheart, everyone loves him to death. There is not any negative about him that we know publicly. Oh, he's also not in like he's also well, not in a million movies. He's, he's well, not in a million movies, also, but he's in a million ads and he's in a million well, things that but he's he owns. Still, he's still relatable though. Like he's posting course, other content, and that's that's the thing with The Rock. The Rock, yes. it's like he sold out. All he's doing is yeah. just it's a straight advertising. It's like you're paying, you're watching a glorified influencer's yeah. post or uh, uh, account. He, on yeah, that's what he's. That's what he is. He's a cat on Instagram. <laughs> Yeah, yeah no, he's no, like no. a glorified. <laughs> well, yeah, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to decipher this a little the bit. Podcast, you're good, you're go good, you're good, and uh, that's a great point, Amanda. But like, okay, you have Ryan oh Reynolds. God. Ryan Reynolds is, let's say, the exact same way as The Rock. Maybe he's in a, a few less things, but if you really look at it, not really in terms of the amount of companies that he's promoting, yeah. the TV shows that he's in, right. and the things that he's involved with. He is selling stuff all the time. But yes, he's definitely more relatable. Um, with the memes and the kids and all that kind of stuff and his wife and whatever. There's that. Kevin Hart. Now, you're also talking about someone who is always promoting something, is in everything. He is on a, he's in every ad, DraftKings, uh, whatever. He's uh, He's got his his uh, Roku show. I believe it's on Roku now because it used to be Quibi. Um, he's, he's in everything. Movies, comedy, all, this, all that stuff. Die Hard, and somewhat controversial. There is a there is a fine line between people who like him and don't like him, and yet he is still ever present. He's not canceled. All that kind of stuff. This is the first time The Rock, outside of the Vin Diesel stuff, is this is the first time that we're seeing this other side of him. This potentially megalomaniac and super like pushy and trying to sell his stuff and like. What is the what's the response plan from Team Rock is what I'm going to ask you guys before we go off. It's like, what would you do if you are on Team Rock right now? His probably has a, a chief of staff at this point and an entire like support team of like, all right, this doesn't look good, dude. Here are the three things that you need to do now to get you back in the good gracious graciousness of of nerddom of of popular culture of all this stuff because right now not looking good bill what do you do team rock it's hard i i think you, you can't dial back i think the xfl also is not doing great no uh, um except that one game apparently drew like thirty thousand people which is but then in the, there's a game yeah. in seattle it was like in Kansas or something like that. Oh, yeah, like, it was somewhere that, in the, yeah. in the Midwest. But there's not much to and do then in there was, Kansas. But in, but, in, but in like Seattle, there was like 14 people. Uh, so it was bad. 
But I think what it needs to happen is I think he just needs to actually pull back a little bit. I think it's like be a little less in the spotlight, do some charity work, like get I, behind dude, a cause. The guy probably does, and that's but the thing it's too. It's not. Like, it's not like yeah, but but that's not as front was, facing as it used that's to be. The, yeah. And it maybe it like because like there's the videos of him buying houses and cars for his family members. Like if he did that, and I'm sure he is a generous person. I don't think he's a piece of shit. No, uh, I th- I think like if he did something like that, or he just I don't know, step back. He's already said he respects James Gunn and what they're gonna do. I think if he just stepped back and even if maybe he said, listen, I believed in Black Adam so much. I thought we could do a whole thing with this. It's not the direction they wanted to go in. I made a mistake. You know, I maybe just cop to it and say, yeah, I that's how much I. Be-. But say it in a way like it's positive. He's like, I believed in it so much and I thought we could do some stuff here. This wasn't the vision that Warner Brothers had. They went with a really talented director in James Gunn. I hope that one day and, you know, we've had great discussions. I hope one day we can work. James and I can work together because he's great. And until then, you know, Black Adam's done. That's cool. And he's kind of already said that. But I think if asked again, you just reiterate the point of like, yeah, it did happen because I was I believed in that character so much. If I went about it the wrong way, you know, I really I apologize for that because, you know, I don't want to I, I don't want to be a dick, you know, kind of like thing. And people be like, all right, that's a human thing. You know, if you believe in something so much, you're going to push it forward and try and make it happen. Because if he believed he could make it happen and, you know, listen, at the time, biggest movie star in the world still is the biggest movie star in the world. He could have changed DC. So why not make that play? Yeah. You know, but that's I think he just has to cop to it. And I think people are like, all right, that's cool. And then like kind of take a time out, you know, maybe take a break. <laughs> you know, enjoy anyone, anyone have anything else to add in terms I of s- advi- advice for I, the rock? I'd say go back to the basics. Go back and just. Be in, like redo your social media, like change your strategy, like show more of what you used to with charity, family, you know, like Henry Cavill gets, you know, look at Henry Cavill, for example, the guy's like the nicest guy on earth. I will be one of the first people to take a pitchfork to someone. If you're like super mean to Henry Cavill, cause he's yeah. not only hot, but he's super nice. I Build mean, like computers go, and shit playing, playing with models. I'm here like, eh. um, yeah. yeah, but, but Henry Cavill does this where, you know, he geeks out about Warhammer and like showing aspects of who you are, who you really are. Those are like little nerdy things don't necessarily copy Henry Cavill, but, but, Henry Cavill's sincere. And I think if The Rock goes back to to doing some of that, you know, and showing who he was in the beginning, that, hi, I'm Dwayne, you know, or yeah. maybe even taking roles like, like he did with Walking Tall. I loved that movie. It was great. Um, you know, something, something again where it's, it shows that he is a sincere the, person. The Was it The Rundown? The rundown I liked The Rundown. Yeah. yeah Fucking that love was that movie. Too. That was, was a great. Movie. That was fun. Great movie. Oh no! Oh yeah! You know, I was thinking of another one. Never mind. What are you yeah. thinking of? There was one where was, he was like a trucker and he was going out for revenge or something like that. No, it's called one. Faster or something like that. Faster, yeah, it's not faster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just like, he's like trying to save his son or something. Yeah, yeah. Isn't Billy yeah. Bob Thornton in that movie? Probably. I thought so. It's been a while. Yes, yes it is. Yes, it yes. Is. <clears throat> yeah. So, but that's that's what I would add. Just go and back to basics. J- Joe, anything to add? Um. Kind of a combination, I would say, you know, kind of step back a little bit. And uh, Amanda really nailed it home with saying, like, show people that you're a regular person. Be the people's champion, if you will. You know, like, be a normal normal guy. 
you know, like Henry Cavill shows, Hey, I geek out about this thing. Like I'm not selling, I'm not promoting. I don't own this thing. I just like Warhammer, for example, but show like the rock doing what he does, like hanging out with his family or I went to the gym. I think people would, if you're, if you're not forcing like your Under Armour shirt, you just happen to be wearing it. I think more people would be like, cool. Like you're not trying to force me to buy that shirt, but like, I see you wearing that, you know, like you don't need to be a walking billboard for the 9,000 brands you own. Um, just be a regular guy, which he's done before. And people fell in love with him. Like he became more than just a wrestling star, just being himself. You know, he is charismatic. He is funny. He, he is heartwarming. He's generous. Be that. Um, I understand. I, I can semi understand like him wanting uh, everything to be about Black Adam because he was that was his life for so long. You know, granted, he did literally like probably 100 movies in those 15 years, but he talked about that movie as if like that was going to be his like godfather, you know? Yeah. So he was it was part of his life for over a decade, you know, he had to hear about it. And, you know, as he got a bigger star, like, I guess he wanted that cross promotion, you know, and, and his ex-wife being his like agent and stuff like that, you know, they have a lot of stake in that, you know, um, it's a family thing, not to take Vin Diesel's line there, but, oh, you know, you know it's, it's a, a shoot. That's right. Cool. That's the heat. That's, that's where the heat's from. I think, right. I think, I think personally, he will never re regress back to the old rock. I think he has now reached a Tom Cruise and level of like, this is the public persona that I have chosen. Oh shit. You are oh. only getting this version of me forever. I love Tom Cruise. Though, I'm not going to lie as an actor. I don't as care. A, like, well, I don't follow him. But like in terms of like, life. yeah, that's it. Like I am, I'm Tom Cruise and that's all I can be. There's no family man, Tom Cruise. There's no movie star. Like I am the entity known as Tom Cruise. I think the rock has, he's been in that phase for a while. I don't think there's a way for him to get out of it. Cause I don't think he wants to, I think he's now reached this pinnacle of success and he's like, the only way to do that. The only way to do that is to continue what I'm doing advice for him though. Here is how you get on everyone's good side. Again, Ryan Reynolds. No, because he's done that. Nope. He's done that already. So, well, I guess he had a cameo. Yeah. Didn't they do a movie on Netflix? Or Red something? Notice. I thought they did a movie. Oh, the movie yes, no one watched. <laughs> Look at that data. That's the complete opposite yeah. of true. Oh, everyone yeah. has There's... seen it. It's not good, but everyone's seen it. It's one of the most successful Netflix movies of all time. Yeah, and some people say those numbers are those are there's some books have been cooked about that. Probably. So, yeah. This is what you do. If you're listening, The Rock, Dwayne, publicly reconcile with Vin Diesel and be that's it. Fast, oh. The fast finale. If you're in the last fast, there's movie, never going to be a finale. Well, no, they're they're ending it after mm. Fad Eleven, whatever. Like, what, fast, what number are we on? We're on Fast Ten. That's okay. Nice. I don't know if it's going to be Ten Part Two or an Eleven or whatever, but the last one is. And, that one fast fast yeah. part two it might yeah. here's the reason why you're yeah gonna, i agree you can 1000 percent get get back into everyone's gonna no one's gonna be fucking care about this whole black adam shit and nope. whatever no one's gonna care they're gonna be so happy that you're back um you're gonna be in probably one of the most profitable biggest exactly. movies of all time 
And then you can get Hobbs and Shaw 2 off the ground, which would be amazing. And that was a super successful movie. And was your, like, that can be his franchise. And it should have been his franchise. But he was so, you know, the whole thing with Vin Diesel and all of that falling out. Like, we have should have had, like, two Hobbs and Shaw movies by now. Probably you four, the way the rock goes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But like, but that that could have been his. I agree. Yeah, I agree. And yeah, that's can. the ultimate. Yes. That's the ultimate. Yeah, because that's all they're going to talk about. It'll be one of the highest grossing movies of all time. Because he's so, in it too. That's right. That's yeah. the way to do it. That's the way to do it. I book it. Everybody listening, make somebody who's listening out there, make it happen. Make it happen. Listen, right. if they need a mediator, I'll do it. There you I'll go. See. We we got it we got it solved right here. Listen, you're both bald. <laughs> that's how get off. Get off. how much fucking money you can make. Back the truck up. Now yeah. they would Seriously. people would go see it just because they made amends. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, exactly. They throw in a cameo by Zach Zachary Levi. Boom. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> it's like wow. a major rehab wow. right there. Wow. Oh uh, well, speaking of. Uh, we're going to go to the happier side of things with <laughs> this interesting episode here. We're going to go check out chapter 20, or at least at least episode four, as we know it. Chapter 20 overall, though, The Foundling, directed by Carl Weathers. That's right. Um, and written by John I Favreau. <laughs> with the handshake, you know. Um, John Favreau and Dave Filoni wrote this episode. So I'm going to go super fast. Uh, we haven't done this in a hot minute, reading the uh, Wikipedia entry. So I'm going to do that oh, super fast wow. and jump into questions. I know, <laughs> I know. So here we go. Jaren introduces Grogu to Mandalorian combat training. Grogu wins a training match, but his opponent, Ragnar Vizsla, is captured by a large shriek hawk. Bo-Katan gathers a hunting party, which includes Dejarin and Ragnar's father, Paz Vizsla, and leads them to the Shriek Hawk's nest. The armorer forges a new piece of Mandalorian armor for Grogu, a rondel bearing Dejarin's mudhorn sig- sigil. Yeah, but I can't talk today. As she works, Grogu has visions of his rescue from the burning Jedi Temple by Jedi Master Kelleran Beck and sympathetic members of the Naboo Armed Forces. Vizsla's over-eagerness to save Ragnar disrupts Bo-Katan's plan and leads to a difficult aerial rescue in which Bo-Katan and Dejarin rescue the boy unharmed, kill the Shriekhawk, collect its chicks, and earn the clan's respect. As the armorer replaces Bo-Katan's pauldron, lost in the scuffle with the pterosaur, Bo-Katan reveals her encounter with the mythosaur, but the armorer meets her account with indifferent disbelief. Thank you, Wikipedia, for that. <laughs> and that's actually like compared to some of the other Wikipedia entries yeah. we've read, it's actually fairly accurate. I was going to say it's, it's pretty, it's pretty accurate. So, uh, wow, wow, here we go. Well, so we've seen a couple of monsters at this point attack at the space croc, and then now we have this like weird pterosaur thing that's just that's just straight up attack the coven over here. Do you guys think there's any any reason for that? That they keep getting attacked by these really large dinosaurs? Any significance I, to that? I, I don't know, but I thought <laughs> I thought of that a little bit. Um, I guess throughout the whole episode, we see a lot of giant creature. I'm like, man, I love that the show is about two things: Mandalorians and giant ass creatures that will kill you in one bite. Like that is what the show has become at this point. Oh, well, I feel. I felt like it was very Jurassic Park-like or Jurassic World-like. I, I'm here like, did did we mesh the two? 
together? Is that what was that what's going on here? I mean, Joe, Joe, what do you think? Do you think there's a reason that they keep getting picked off? I, I don't know. It just seems weird because I like at first I was like, wait, am I watching another like a old episode already? Because you know the creature attacking. You know, I was like I just felt like I don't know. Like, are they rehashing too many ideas right away? Like, no, oh, we'll just do another creature. You know. Um, but storyline wise, uh, I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, I enjoyed it this time, but the other times I just felt like it was just like the other episodes this season. I just felt like it was just kind of like, okay, like kind of fell flat for me at least. I, I thought, I think they forgot about it being in episode one of this season. We talked about it at length during the, the, the recording of that episode where I said that like, that is one of the most unnecessary scenes it, that they've ever made it's like we've we know this already we we don't need to be here and we can go back to this place at any point so it's like it felt repetitive because it literally just happened and for no reason whatsoever like this would have been awesome if it was a standalone thing where the where they uh this fucking dinosaur came out of nowhere and snatched up a kid like yeah like, there was a reason shit. there was a reason for it as opposed yeah. to just showing mando the big yeah and then so we like get that same big monster guy again yeah. at the end. And I'm like, what? like first what off, let's point? let's refer to him by his proper name, which is Space Gator. And oh, I think we got Space the Gator. great callback at the end when Space Gator was like, no, I'm going to eat you, winged thing. And uh, so, but also like, I, I it's just like, I, I don't have a problem with it in some respects, because like they are on a deserted, primitive, uninhabited land. So they're going to have to deal with these things. It also shows that maybe they need a leader. Why? I'm just, they're not being hunted anymore. No, I know. But like, that's what I'm asking. Like, why, why why? are they, why are they on this primitive rock where like, yeah, they don't have a home, but like there are other planets. I I'm wondering. Yeah. So I'm wondering if that the whole thing is they don't have leadership. So they are stuck here and they're training. And I'm wondering if this is why what Bo Katan is going to be like, hey, instead of you know sitting here getting picked off by Space Gator, why don't you come with me to Mandalore and we'll rebuild this? So I'm wondering if it's intentional because like it's like I think it's not. I don't think it was unintentional that Vizsla, you know, John Favreau, his character's son was taken. And he is a very he's got a lot of he's got a lot of stroke within that clan. So he's going to be like, listen, Bo-Katan and Mando saved my son. I'm going to listen to what they say. And this could happen again. And then more people are like, we got eaten by the space gator. We lost people here. We almost, we keep losing people to like the pterodactyl. Like we need leadership here, armorer. We can't just keep staying here. And I think that's ultimately, I think this is going to weave into a plan of, I'm going to lead you to paradise. I'm taking, it's very Moses-esque. It's like, we're coming out of the desert. We're going into paradise. She's Moses. She's going to take him there. Favreau read the Bible in a hotel. The goddamn Gideons, they stamped it, didn't they? If you get the Mission Impossible reference, I love you. And it's just like, it's it's really, I think this is, they're playing it for a reason. Because well, these Mandalorians should know better, but they, they don't. <laughs> yeah, well, you're right. I, I think you're totally right. I, I do too. I just wonder how the three, 
how the, the, the three chicks are going to play into that. Cause you can't necessarily easily transport them unless they've got some kind oh. of magical lung power. No, but I was thinking, to- I was thinking that too. Well, they have her ship and that's how they brought her. That's yeah. how they brought it's true. her. But I was thinking like, that is like a total Daenerys play. That's a, I am going to have, that's just more weapons in my arsenal. True. Right? Our, our jetpacks only go so far. True. Gas only gets us so far. So it's like, this we're is just, going, we don't need roads, right? That's right. Right. Mm-hmm. We're going to go back. We're going to reclaim our land and people are going to be pissed about it. So I need to fucking, I need to fucking ammo up and I'll take anything I can get now. I'm going to get these guys. I'm going to get another fucking dragon from the, from the depths <laughs> of, of the, the mines. Like I am going to rule this bitch. And this time it's sticking. And they're going to get the lot, the stolen fleet and all those people. Back. This is true. And so that, that actually a, has the room to carry those. And they'll have three an chicks. Arm, they'll have like a space armada. They'll have people on the ground. Like they'll, they'll have, they'll have things to, to fight with. Mm-hmm. But again, yeah. I still don't know. And we're going to get into this probably with tinfoil hat stuff. But like, even if this, we've talked about this was going to happen. He'll turn. She's going to, you know, I just tried it. Okay. I know you do. But like, we but talked take about any 10 years. This, 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 this has <laughs> been discussed on this podcast. of like, Bo is going to have, Bo Katan is going to have some sort of heel turn. She's going to reclaim Mandalore, have the dragon. Like everything's kind of pushing that way. Again, though, what is the, what is the opposition to her plans slash why do we care? I, I think I have a theory for that. But and we'll, I'm excited we'll, about that. We'll talk about it, but that's we'll the things that keep it. lingering for me. Well, so guys, I was a little traumatized by watching Grogu go through his little flashback. That was so painful. I'm like, my sweet baby boy, like this isn't, so ears just drop and, you know, but, but I mean, we get a big reveal. We get a big thing here. So cool. It's so cool. But do you guys feel like though, that this was the right time for Grogu to go further into his past? Should this happen a little bit towards the end of 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 this season maybe beginning of season four i mean so was this the right time to have grogu go into his past joe what do you think i i think it was like i didn't like they gave us a a good chunk but not a whole lot either i think it was just like a teaser just giving us a little appetizer to see what's next uh because what now we're like midway through the season right Mm -hmm. more or less so i think it was just a little appetizer to build to see what's next. Bill, what do you think? Oh, I, I think it was perfect timing because we've seen the, and, and I, I, I keep getting this confused, but like we've seen this, uh, this Jedi hallway thing. I believe, did we see it in another series? Yes. Like, yes. Know, which no, which we, yeah, we, we saw Kenobi? it probably. No, I think I thought we it was saw it. Boba, wasn't it? We saw it in Boba when, when, um, uh, Ahsoka is trying to get like like trying to find more information about Grogu. That's like, right. Okay, so we've like, seen this before, and I think it was shit. finally it's finally the time that we 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 got here because we've seen it, and it's just like you can't just keep him being. I mean, yes, you can keep him being cute all the time and doing cute things. And we had the little paintball scene, which was very cute with the battle, and and, and like we, I think we needed to know what what he saw and why he is the way he is. And I, I thought this was one of my favorite parts of the episode where we get this 
we get uh, we we're introduced to this new Jedi. Well, I have no idea who this person is. Uh, although the the actor was re- spoiled by, as Al will tell you, by Variety on Twitter. Thank you. Um, and assholes. <laughs> now we now we have a new mystery. Like, where was he going? How did Grogu end up in this like in the Wild West in this fort? You know what I mean? Like, what happened to this Jedi? Who was he getting him to? Is this person going to play into future seasons? Was he trying to get him to Ahsoka? Like, where was this person going? And that's really interesting to me. And so now, and now it's going to be the clash of of Grogu's Jedi past, maybe coming back and playing a part in the future of the series and competing with his side of the Mandalores. Or maybe somehow we get Jedi's coming in to help team team bo katan or team mando or whatever remember the dark saber's still out there moff gideon's still out there too so you know i'm always gonna bring that fucker up uh, thrawn <laughs> i'm just gonna throw it out there too thrawn yeah. <laughs> we're gonna thrawn it out there yeah we're throwing it we're throwing it out there for sure Luke, our editor lucas will die when thrawn comes on he will be i will probably too actually i will probably cry it will be a it will be a moment it will be a moment, especially if it's Lars Mickelson, like I'm hearing, which I will cry. Oh, it will be great. I will cry. Joe, you're going to get a message for me like at three in the morning <laughs> after Brandon's there, like consoling me because I'm right. so overjoyed, happy, crying. It's going to be all the things when it happens. But Al, what do you think? No, I think we're on season three and a half of this show, and we should probably learn a little more about Grogu at this point. I think it's kind of not better late than never, but like it's it's time i i feel like we should have learned probably a little more during his time with uh ahsoka but again it was in the middle of another show so i can understand in terms of like not having enough time we have enough time now we're four episodes in we still don't know what the the overall structure plot of this season is it's like yeah might as well throw some more backstory and they did a, a phenomenal job doing it as well so yeah definitely the right time yeah, I, I agree. You know, I think I think this this flowed better too. I know people. We talked about this last week. You know, with with kind of the interlude. You know, with with our our good doctor and our and our shady shady spy chick here. Um, you know that that felt a little awkward. I, I feel like to me this flowed better, and and this made sense. And it was it was time. It was time. And I feel like the way that the armorer was narrating. Um, you know, and talking about how you're 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 learning, you're you're working with your strengths and weaknesses and whatnot. I think she set it up very well for Grogu to go in and face these little these these demons, you know, and face his past and what happened. And so and this was done in such a beautiful way. And of course, this is and and I think this is this is especially important because again, we'll, we'll we'll get down to that talking about you know the Vizlas in particular because they've got a, a rich history here. But let's talk about that cameo, guys. I'm at best. I had no idea. This was out of nowhere. <laughs> and really, really well, you know, I mean, I, I geeked out. It took, it took me a second to process. Um, and just, just, you know, seeing him come out there, dual lightsabers, um, just wow. Wow, wow, and wow, outside of Jar Jar Binks. And for those who, who don't know, um, that's who Ahmed Best is known for in the Star Wars universe primarily as being the voice, I, I want to say the voice and also the motion capture for yeah. Jar Jar Binks. I think so, yeah. Um, I he think was. he did both. He was. And, yeah, and so, and guys, 
knowing what he went through. I mean, again, we, we've talked about this before with some of the, the prequel films, you know, and I, I feel like this one of the dark and the hard parts of being a Star Wars in the Star Wars universe and loving it so much as, as much as people love it. And as that we are supportive of as a very supportive community, people, when they don't like something, you've got a group of Star Wars fans that say that make it personal against the actors. And we've seen this, um, you know, Jake Lloyd with young Anakin, you know, Ahmed personally bullied to the point where he Kelly, contemplated. Kelly, Kelly Marie Tran, was that her name? Yeah, Kelly, Kelly Marie Tran. Yeah. Well, even um, um, John Boyega as well. I mean, it's a very personal, Daisy Ridley, you know, prequel and, and sequel, you know, there was this, there's been a lot of that. And it's, it's sad to say, you know, but, but Ahmed Best, you guys, of course, he's in a role, and we'll talk about Kellen Beck, um, because, or Kellen Beck, because yes, he does have a very obscure part in in this whole thing which is a, a nice big easter egg but um was this for you guys the best use of Ahmed best was this is was this the right way to use him or should we have had some kind of redemption of Jar Jar Binks or will we even get that still you think Al what do you what do you think yeah, I think it's definitely open that we can get uh, a redemption and, and it's funny because like Jar Jar was such a, a like a product of its time like you know George was basically trying to make another lovable character. I mean, th these are fucking kids movies. <laughs> like these are supposed to be kids movies. It is and cinema. It is cinema. But like that, I mean, like it, it, it was a character that he put into the stories made very important. And some people didn't react well to it. Others probably loved it, especially when they were kids at the time. Right. So it had its fans, but the detractors were definitely way more. I think there's still a chance for a Jar Jar redemption. Um, but I still think there is that lingering like hate for that character that like, I don't think it's necessarily like needs to happen. However, like the actor who played him went through hell because he played that character. He talked about it cons when, you know, when Star Wars was started to get owned by Disney and more properties were coming out and people were talking about like redemption for the sequels aren't you know they're actually pretty good which is still a weird argument that i haven't re i haven't gone back and done that yet and seeing if that's true or not but regardless one of the things we learned was like this guy you know contemplated suicide from all the bad press and like he did not get a lot of work after being in the three of like the you know highest grossing movies uh ever right so this is amazing the way that Favreau and Filoni and uh, you know whatever the casting director was involved in this of like this is like we need we have this idea for this part where it's going to be so essential to the backstory of now the most beloved new addition to the Star Wars universe we're gonna get the guy who played the least beloved one and give him a chance to shine and show off why he was chosen in the first place. He's a great actor and he's fucking meant to be in this universe. And he did such a great, excellent job in this episode. I want to see more. And I hope to see more as we keep going back into Grogu's past. It'd be awesome. I agree. I mean, he nailed it. So nailed cool. it. Nailed it. Absolutely. Joe, what did you think? Do you, do you think Ahmed was the way he was utilized? Was, was this the best choice or should we again have had him come back as Jar Jar, maybe do something non Jar Jar, maybe more noble, maybe a Darth Sith, like you know, Jar Jar is a Sith. I, mean. <laughs> I think using Ahmed uh, was perfect. He was such a badass, and uh, to use a wrestling term, Roku gave him the rub because 
he's linked now to the most beloved character in Star Wars. Right. And uh, we got to see him be a badass, you know, dual lightsaber, kill some mofos and just handle business. Um, I think if we had Jar Jar, it might have been people might have been like force fed. Like I'm like, oh, cool. You're trying to you're trying to make me like this guy, this character, rather, not the actor. Um, I think with having Ahmed appear first might open the door for Jar Jar. Like if people are like, you know what, Jar Jar wasn't that bad. I think we will get Jar Jar down the, down the road, even as just like a cameo. Um, but I think Ahmed, the, the man, the actor, having his redemption in this, well done, well played. He deserves all, all the flowers, if you will, uh, for, for this uh, performance because he was a badass. All right, Bill, what do you think? I don't think we should ever touch Jar Jar again. I, I think if he had shown up here, I think it, people would have revolted. There's already been a bit of negativity on this season already. I think people have been like, F this, fuck it, I'm out. I'm out. I'm not watching this shit anymore. Some people would have been happy, but I think the more important thing is that we know, like the people, if you know, you know, and I think most Star Wars fans now know that. I think um, I did not like, I kind of hated the Jar Jar character. I would never wish doom on uh, any or ill will on any actor who portrayed it. But I mean, just like it wasn't a good character. I didn't like it. I thought it was dopey and how it was the cause for the start of the Clone War. It was just I felt like very crowbarred. But to see this actor who went through this, you know, the only Jedi it seems during this who could take out the clones and just do it with such skill and a plum was amazing and i think that's all we really need and yeah keep bringing them back i think we found our new our new character that we want to root for in this in this series and that's awesome and i don't think we need i think it's more important that the man not the character gets the redemption well said everybody i i i think all of y'all brought up excellent points and and bill i i agree especially with with focusing on the man and I mean, and we'll talk about Kelleran back here, who, who he is and whatnot. But yeah, I mean, just, just that tells you the power of Ahmed's ability to act and, and just to get people, I know I'm invested and I, I takes a lot for me. You know, I have, I have my Jedi that are my favorites. I have my characters. I have, you know, um, I had expectations about who I wanted it to be. And we'll talk about that, but, um, but yeah, I, I mean, Ahmed just, nailed it he came in with just this cool calm just kept a level head in the face of this just immense tragedy i'm mean, like if there was anybody coming to save me i would want it to be him <laughs> yeah. save me please um and and just nailed it beautifully done well done Favreau and Filoni thank you for giving us this because it, it this is this has been amazing and so guys did any of you even know who this was before he even came out Anybody had any clue who Keller and Beck was? No. Nope. Nope. So, so Keller and Beck is actually was non-canon for a hot minute. Now he's canon, but was a character. Basically, he shows up. The only appearance Keller and Beck makes up is in a TV show that was on YouTube for a hot minute during the pandemic. I think 10 episodes called Star Wars Jedi Temple Challenge. Yeah. I watched, yeah, I watched a couple oh. of episodes. It's like legends of the hidden like a star wars take of legends of the hidden temple wait or so just one second so he so this character 
was not in the Star Wars universe at all. He was on a game show. Mm-hmm. And it's the same actor? Same actor, yes. Ahmed Best. He is, so this is not a character that was created for this episode for Ahmed. This a is a... Bowl. Right, this is a hardcore Star Wars nerd <laughs> fact. Like, they dug into something I never myself would have suspected. I mean, comics, books, all the things, yes, there's a lot of material. But they picked from a YouTube show, the host. He's, like, basically like a, was it Steve for Legends of the Hidden Temple? Like, the the, the guide, I guess, like, um, you know, it's it's like he's guiding these Padawans to through these obstacle courses and cheering them on and he has two droids he's like you know talking to because i watched i went back and i watched a couple of episodes just to like kind of give me perspective so we could talk about this and it's it's, it was and ahmed had say so over his character the whole the whole point of this jedi was to be a teacher he was like one of the first teaching jedi because the philosophy of keller and beck is doesn't matter you know he wanted all padawans regardless of how they learned to have access to the knowledge that they needed. So he was, he was a guide. He was an instructional kind of in the bane of Kenobi, kind of in the bane of Yoda. Um, originally he actually had a one purple lightsaber as well because of Mace Windu, but they changed the color. Um, but yeah, he, he was able to develop, Ahmed had direct say in the histories for this Jedi. Um, and, and just, yeah, I mean, that, that's really what it was. It was 10 episodes on YouTube and he's the host. So I'm here like, Wow. <laughs> That's like a deep cut, a really deep cut right there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's 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 such an amazing, amazing. And yeah, it was only 10 episodes. I went and verified. And then he was mentioned in a season two junior novel. And then um apparently also mentioned indirectly in the Jedi. I have to go look at that, the the Mando episode of the Jedi, I think just mentioned by name. But other than that, oh, okay. Yeah, That's yeah. cool. Other than that. They picked a game show host, Jedi, <laughs> to it's save like, Grogu. It's like, save- you're, it's like you're a hostage and Pat Sajak comes and helps you and you're like, what? Pretty much wow. Pat Sajak or Al- a, Alex Trebek. I was going to say such a... Yeah. Such a recent reference there, Bill. Well, still alive. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Jeff Probst. I'm sorry. I'll give you something more. Thanks. That's a little better. <laughs> a little better but so. yeah, it's it's at, at Keller and Beck's core. It's the philosophy, again, where it's it's t- all types of learning should be accessible to everyone, even lightsaber, you know, training, lightsaber learning should be accessible to all. So that is who Keller and Beck is. Um, so you guys, again, I was completely blown away. <laughs> no clue no clue i was like way oh, well played well played um your thoughts on it being keller and beck versus you know i mean we've thrown even when we speculated with the luke reveal you know could, could it could have been somebody like ahsoka well she couldn't at the time but i mean you know you have a lot of well-known jedi what, what do you guys think about this obscure jedi this reveal was there anybody that you were that you thought would show up or like, you know, what do you think about Keller and Beck? I, 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 Oh, I'm sorry, Bill. I just thought maybe it would be Ahsoka because that's the only other Jedi adjacent we have seen, you know? So it's not like we know anyone else. I mean, we don't, Mace Windu wouldn't have been there, but I was like, okay, it'll probably be Ahsoka. Or I even thought if it was Keller and Beck, like he was going to get sniped going on the speeder or something like that. Like, I didn't think he, I thought he would have his moment to shine and I didn't think it would go that far, but I, I have, 
I have no, I had no expectation outside of maybe Ahsoka. Okay. Joe, did you think it was any, what are your thoughts there? I, I had no expectations. And uh, like Bill, I thought like he was just going to get killed and like Broco was going to somehow make it out. You know, I didn't think he was going to have this like big time to shine. And uh, I had no idea who he was. And I'm kind of glad I didn't know yeah. like that he was a lesser known Jedi because there was no expectation. There was no like, well, they would do this or they would do that. Like Amanda, you, you said he's a game show host. So what, how did we, you know, how did we see him besides that? You know, there's no like, well, he would just use the force to do this. No, we didn't know what he would do, what he was capable of, unless, you know, he went, you know, rogue and killed a bunch of things on the game show. I don't think he did, you know? So no, I would have no. <laughs> loved it if he like shots, like he got like one of the stormtrooper or the clones. He was just like three points. And he just like <laughs> made some sort of random game show reference. But I mean, like other than that, like you have no expectations for him. Okay. Al, did you think, I mean, who did you think that Grogu savior was going to be? Well, like what I said, it, well, like yeah. I said, it was ruined for me. So oh, yeah, as soon as the door opened up, I was like, it's all about this. So I was like, it's already kind of ruined for me. I, I didn't have any expect. I didn't know, again, if I had not seen the Variety tweet or uh, a Facebook post, I wouldn't have known anything that was going to go on with this episode. I don't think there would have been a better person for it because I don't want more people I know necessarily. I want I want to learn more. Like if it was like if you had told me that, oh, this person is super important in Rebels or super important in the Clone Wars, then I'd be like, oh, that's cool because I may have to now I may go back and go watch their appearance there. That's the only other thing I would have been happy about. But if it was like Luke again, I'm like, come on, three <laughs> times. <laughs> so I'm I'm happy with what they did. Obviously, I'm super happy with what they did. I think that was such a, a great kind of noble slash like this makes sense thing to do in terms of like, let's cast them in such a cool, badass role. Yeah, I think it was fun. Yeah, I I really I loved the fact that this completely threw me because I was expecting um Somebody like, you know, I keep bringing him up because I'm hoping that maybe Favreau and Filoni will bring him to life for me. But Quinlan Boss, um, yes. you know, I thought Quinlan Boss was a candidate. Uh, I say that selfishly because one, he's he is a really cool Jedi with a really, really cool backstory. Uh, read a dark, uh, The Dark Disciple. Great book. Um, and I really wanted a live version of Asajj Ventress. I'm not going to lie. I would have loved to have seen that happen. Um, so I thought maybe Quinlan um i was a little worried it was and i I don't know timeline wise i need to check i don't think maybe it would have worked but cal kestis was another one just like kind of we were speculating with 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 luke i thought maybe they would have probably thrown cal kestis in there just because the game is coming out next month and i'm glad they didn't go that route that's the one that was in the back of my head yeah i was like i couldn't think of the name and i'm like i think like the redheaded guy from the video game i think you i don't think you use him this early i think right you could like because of how young that actor is and how essential like how beloved now that those games have become and like him being associated with the games he is so open for opportunities outside of them now where they can say at the next star wars celebration or at comic-con they could probably say oh we're gonna do a fallen order series or a spin-off series and it's gonna be live action and we're gonna bring what's his name in 
There are rumors like, that there are going to be a lot of announcements this year. Yeah. They're saying there's three new movies or something. Like, that's been at. Like, they could say, like, we're doing a Fallen Order movie. Like, they they have that ability. So, like, I don't think it's necessarily time to to bring him in now where he is kind of like a, a hot commodity, especially with the game yeah. and the sequel game coming out. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. A couple weeks. Yeah. Right? A couple of uh, end of April, I think. Yeah. You can the pre-order. You can start pre-ordering now, though. Oh, no, no. I think the twentieth. The twentieth. You can start pre-ordering at the end of the month, which we're almost there anyway. But yeah, I'm glad they didn't. I'm glad they didn't. You know, either throw him in or even kind of retcon what they did with Ahsoka and her being off-world. You know, being kind of doing her own thing. Um, that they it didn't bring her sense, in for though. this. It wouldn't have. But it I'm glad have. they didn't. Yeah. I'm glad they didn't play fan service that way. So, yeah. um, loved this reveal. In Favreau and Filoni, we trust, and I will continue to say that <laughs> until probably the end of time. Um, so, of course, you know, we have the armor who, you know, made our sweet baby boy, his, his new little chess piece. Do you are going to see Grogu in a helmet? I know there's people I, on the internet who want it. I want it. You oh, want it in your team I want helmet? it. I, I want them to just slowly keep building him a full suit. But then you can't grow into it, though, right? So when do they, like, do they, like, flash forward at a certain point? And then you get, like, teenage Grogu, who's 150 years old? No, but, like, in a sense, like, when do they say, like, all right, let's start building this? When do they say that for the, the foundlings in the sense of, like, when are they, when do they reach a certain age where they're like, all right, well, now you deserve well, they said it's when they can speak the creed. That's what Din yeah. says at the beginning of the episode. Okay. So I think once Grogu starts talking, we'll get we may get a helmet. Definitely, he can cue like coo the creed. That's about it. Like, I mean, he, he cooed. Actually... He cooed. This is the way. That's right. He cooed that already. So <laughs> this is the way. So yeah, I I totally want to see him in in the armor, but it's just like when and how. It would be really cool. And they do this in comics, but I don't necessarily see this ever in like TV or movies. And correct me if I'm wrong, Bill, because you're a big TV guy, too. There's a very famous um, Grant Morrison run of Batman. And I'll, I'll, I'll try to make this quick. But he he was responsible for bringing uh, bringing back or uh, uh, bringing the concept of Damian Wayne, who we are now going to see in the next Bat- uh, Batman movie. So uh, there was like. I don't know, 15, 20 issues where like he came back or um uh sorry, that's Jason Todd. They basically bring back Damian Wayne or or like yes. introduce him into the world. Sorry, it's gonna be weird. There is an issue, and it's uh Batman issue six six six, and it is a like basically a one shot because it's you read that one issue, you don't have to read what before, you don't have to read what's after. But it's a future story of Damien as Batman, and Gotham is basically hell. And that's why it's Batman. Oh, yeah, he's like the new Bruce Wayne. He's the new, he yeah, is, right? he's, he yeah, takes over that. his for, for his dad, and that's where they introduce uh, Professor Pig, who's a, also now a pretty beloved uh, uh, Batman villain in the comics, um, and rumored to be in the, 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 the James Gunn movies. Of course. What I'm saying is, is there a world where we get a future episode of like adult Grogu and like old man, old man Din? Like, is there a world where like they can do that kind of storytelling? Cause it's like up to them in terms of like, usually in finales, they do that. Like it's se- like, yeah. like season finales, sometimes yeah. series finales, they'll project into the future. 
Um, can I name one right now? No, but I know I've seen it. Like where they've they've touched upon it, where it's like someone's old, and then it's like, oh, here's the next generation type deal. Or or they get a, a vision, or they touch a relic or something that yeah. Project, or in like a, I could see see when you yeah. said that when they touch a relic, there could be something there, or someone sees like like how Ahsoka was trying to read the mind. Like we could see a future projection, like we've seen in other things of future projections with Jedi of. Uh, we saw that when Ray uh, took the saber in Force Awakens, and she ends up in that alternate reality. We see all that stuff happening. That could happen. Yeah, but the uh, amount of care you'd have to put into the design of an older Grogu, you really have to nail it because if you don't, you're fucked. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't think I'm worried about design. I'm just worried about. No, but I'm saying it has to be the the design, yeah. the moment. Everything has that has to be like one of the most important scenes you do. I, yeah, for sure. And I'm saying the reason I even brought you it up in the first. The reason I even yeah. brought it up in the first place is like, do I want to see a kid Grogu Mando? He might look a little silly. He's gonna be cute though, He's guys. So cute. But what like, about the ears though? Come on, you're gonna have them pop out, or they're gonna be. Can they be part of the helmet? I wonder if they could, like, you know, like put, in the helmet, or either in the helmet, or you just have the ears show. Is that is that cheating? Oh, can it fit in the little antenna thing? Yeah, I wonder. Yeah, you know how he's the one antenna. So he has yeah. Two antennas. Can you have two antennas? They like flail flail out a little bit. That'd be really cute. I love. Yeah, I'm like, ooh, Joe. What do you think? Do you want to see him in a helmet? Do you think it's smart to put him in a helmet? I don't know. Like, part of me says yes. I feel like from a marketing standpoint, yeah, because think of all the merch you can make, T-shirts, toys, uh, artwork, and stuff like that. Like, they would, you know, make things out the yin-yang for that kind of stuff, um, for that scene. Um, I don't know. I almost feel like we're, we're going to get something where he's in the armor, but not the helmet kind of thing. Like, maybe he's about to put it on and something happens, oh. you know? Mm-hmm. I feel like we would get a tease. Um, I don't think we need him as a full-blown Mandalorian. Well, that's just, that's just, that's just my thing. Like, Hey, I like that. He's doing the training. I I love that. I love, I love that paintball scene. Like, uh, I enjoyed that. I like his, um, interactions with everybody, but I don't know. I feel like once you make him Mandalorian, (sighs) I don't know. So he also his, can't yeah. take off the helmet. That's what yeah, I was about. Exactly. That was where so I was going to go with cute. it. He's so cute. Now it would work if he was like teenage Grogu. I'd be like, leave the helmet on. Just right. leave it on. It's fine. But baby Grogu. Yeah. I have heartburn because I do want to see him in it because it would be the cutest thing ever. It really would. But he's going to have to keep it on unless they become apostate for some reason. <laughs> like Din leaves. Um, because, you know, I went and li- I did a little digging and, um, you know, of course, Grogu, I feel like, you know, this is a direction I think we're starting to go in. And we talked about, you know, Bo-Katan's heel turn. Well, you know, the first and only Mandalorian Jedi who built the Darksaber is Tar Vizsla. Um, Tar had a helmet. As I went through, I was like, maybe he didn't have one. Maybe he didn't. I'm like, dang, he has one. Because then I'm like, well, that means Grogu's probably going to have to keep a helmet on. Um, I feel like, you know, and this is a question I have for you guys. Do you guys think he's going to complete his training for either? Do you think we're going to see Grogu follow Tar Vizsla and become a Mandalorian Jedi? Or do you think he's not? 
going to do that. I, I feel like they're setting it up though, because he's getting the armor. He's got some basic, he's using his Jedi skills. Nobody seems to bat an eyelash at that um, in this coven. Um, you know, I mean, he'd have to have the Darksaber, which that'll be a whole whole thing there um, because Din's having trouble where, you know, using it. Could it be that maybe it doesn't go to Bo-Katan, it goes to Grogu? Um, and I mean, if Bo-Katan wants that Darksaber, she's either going to have to challenge Din for it, Mando, or she might have to challenge Sweet Baby Boy. I mean, what do you guys think? Do you think do you think Grogu is actually going to go full-fledged and be this combination of both? Or do you think he's going to pick one path or the other or just say, no, I'm not doing either? What do you, what do you think, Joe? Um, I think he's going to pick one path or the other, but I don't think he's going to be a Mandalorian. I, I think they're going to build to a certain point and then swerve. I, I, I really don't think they're going to do, do full-blown Mandalorian on him. I don't know. I just... From a story point, I don't I just like I think it would just be boring if he was just a Mandalorian. I don't know. Like he's just, because then he's just like everybody else. You know, granted he has Jedi powers and he's still like sweet baby boy and stuff, but but like you said, you have the helmet on him, you, you take out like 90% of his like uh his fan base because you know we, we want to see the cuteness, we want to see his expressions. We want to see him vomit because he ate too many cookies, you know, and stick a frog in his mouth and stuff like that. But if we put a helmet on, it's like we just see a, a little person Mandalorian, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, but if he is a Mandalorian Jedi, he could continue to use his Jedi powers. It's yeah. just, it's just, you know, it, it, it I mean, Tar Bizlo was able to do it. So, I mean, it's a, it's possible he could pick one path or the other. So you're thinking he's going to be like Team Jedi? Yes. I, I mean, okay. I just from a visual aspect, I think it would just be boring, just because okay. because then you just don't see the money maker, if you will. You know, you okay. don't see his. Okay, Al, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I love that theory. I love that theory because. Because I can see a situation where we have Bo-Katan challenge Mando and win. Yeah. And then ba Sweet Baby Boy says, oh, you hurt my dad and fights her, wins and takes the Darksaber. And it goes to his control. I think that would be kind of cool. It just it just it kind of goes back to what I'm saying, though, like. They don't show you much in this show. Every episode, it's good. And I'm not complaining. I love this about the show. But every episode, it's it's either more information or more of a deep dive into something to give you more perspective on something else that's happening. But it's not necessarily like, here's where the story's going. So it's like, what's the end game of this episode? Or the, the, the season? going to be Bill Burr. <laughs> I got. I hope. I hope Space Baskin comes back. <laughs> Damn it, Bill Burr with the dark saber. Oh, Bill Burr with the dark saber. Please, God, make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, what do you think? Do you think uh, we're one? Do you want to see Grogu in a helmet? And two, do you think we've got another Tar Vizsla on our hands, or he's going to go one way or the other, or say no, I'm not doing either? <laughs> I think do what I want. Gonna, I think he's going to try the helmet on, and somehow it falls off or something like that. Nah. A low comedic oh. You know, because he's, he's he's still an awkward little boy, uh, but or he falls backwards because it's too heavy. <laughs> um, 
but it's um i think he's gonna i think i like al's theory like where it's she he's gonna feel because like Bo is really maternal to him in this episode yeah she really was and i think it's gonna be like she's gonna break his heart and but then but then you have to wonder if he gets the dark saber like how does he go from there because i think that's the big question we have to think with grogu is because like this is right after my timelines it's timey-wimey so you know whatever uh we're gonna get grogu this is happening right after jedi where is he between jedi and the force awakens like what what's happened to him where does he go and that's the big question so i think it's a lot of a lot of like he gets this dark saber what does that mean for him uh, I don't know if he gets the dark saber, but I could see him. Maybe all the Mandalorian, maybe all the Mandalorians end up following Bo, and they're on the run. And he he sheds aside his Mandalorianness for the Jedi to help save Mando. Like I could see Mando imprisoned by Bo Katan, and he's got to go get Ahsoka and Luke and whomever, or you know what I mean, you know, Jedi's to help him get his his dad out. And he puts aside the the code of the Mandalore because they betrayed his dad. Um, Then they betrayed the way. So, and I think that's what's going to happen. Like, my tinfoil will be like, the armorer gets killed. Maybe Vizsla gets killed. And everyone else, the nameless, faceless, end up just becoming the rank and file for her because she's led them to the promised land. And then they imprison Mando. because she can't kill him for some reason. I don't know why. And then um or maybe they hold him hostage so she can get Grogu because he escapes or something like that. I don't know. I or maybe there's... too much respect or something, you know. Yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's that's a possibility. Or she's in love with him. Oh, uh, we've talked about that theory nah, too, the romance theory. <laughs> well, well see, I mean see. I mean everyone's you... everyone's asexual asexual in the Mandoverse. You know, I wondered about Rag Ragnar, because I'm like, well, but you can't take your helmet off. <laughs> but I mean, when he says he's his son, yeah, I mean, and I'm like, I mean Grogu, Grogu is, you know, that's that's she calls she calls uh, yeah. Bo calls Mando, that's your dad. Yeah. So, oh, I and guess they, they are founded on foundlings. So, I mean, that I guess that's oh, kind it, of it, is is John Favreau the the machine, the, you know, the big dude. Um, yeah, he's right, the Happy Hogan of the of the. Uh, yeah, the Happy Hogan of the Mandalorian. Is, is, is he hooking up with the armor? I oh. mean, that's a possibility. Mm. It was just them two in, Bo- in Boba Fett. I mean, that's a valid point. It started as just them, two. but I th- but I Are think all of them the, of all the Mandos, their kids. <laughs> I'm kidding, but no. you know what I'm saying, like, <laughs> but you know, what I mean, like, this isn't like Johnny well, I mean, they, had... they have always been together. But I mean, the the Mandalorians before didn't wear helmets all the time with the the way even the the previous version of the Death Watch, you know, in the Clone Wars, they took off their helmets. I mean, Bo-Katan was without her helmet frequently, um, you know, in the Clone Wars and in Rebels, Sabine takes off her helmet. So um, the way is definitely very new and it has not really helped them out very much. (laughs) In terms of uh, getting Mandalore back on its feet, um, <laughs> that kind of thing. But I mean, I wonder too. If Grogu's going to make his own lightsaber. I kind of, you know, and not have the dark saber. I think he could make his own because Tarvisla made the dark saber. Could we see another saber to counter the dark saber? Maybe that Grogu has because it's another Mandalorian Jedi. I was thinking about that too. 
I always said, yes. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, it's the lightsaber. And then I'm like, oh, you don't. Yeah, that's, that's what I said, too. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm like, wow, I should, you guys. <laughs> I'm like, I should just fire myself from my uh, own podcast. I'll fire the, the left side of the screen over here. Y'all are fired. <laughs> <laughs> Joe was the same way. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, well, speaking Al's of- never been more disappointed in me. No way. That's not, that's not true. Well, the, the face, though. You're getting that face from Al right now. That is pure He's, disappointment uh, right there. That is uh, pure disappointment. That's pure. Um, something all right i think it's i think it's those pin particles he was taking there you go well speaking of vizlas right so we know that bo-katan in the course of the animated series she's had run-ins with the vizlas um you know she was under pre-vizla he was the one who held the dark saber last and then the, the dark saber is a vizla family heirloom but for the most part i think everybody who's had it other than maul and i want to say maybe gar saxon but i'll have to double check um held the dark saber is usually a vizla so, um, and Bo, when she split off from the Death Watch, she left Previsla to his fate. And of course, he drops the Darksaber to uh, Manda, or sorry, to Maul. And that's a whole thing there. But, um, but I mean, you know, in the last episode, they kind of kept panning to Paz a whole lot, you know, and just kind of, he's getting the side eye and that kind of thing. And now he's all buddy-buddy with her. I mean, do, do we think that this, this kind of convoluted history with, with House Crees and House Vizla, is that going to come into the mix or is this just going to be bygones, we got bygones and we're all good to go. We're happy here. I mean, are, are, are we going to see some conflict between the Vizlas and the content and the, the, the crazies? What do you guys think? Do you think they're going to, yes. do you think we're going to get a, yeah. Okay. I, I think we're going to get maybe like a, maybe during Bo's um, heel turn, maybe as stuff gets a little high, uh, some stress gets a little high. I think uh, they'll call back to that and maybe they'll, you know, butt heads, you know, well, you did this. Well, I did that. You know, well, I saved your son. So you should fall in line kind of thing um, to fall, to go into your guys' theory of her taking over. Um, and maybe that's how she gets him to fall in line. Like I saved your son, you know, um, you know, yeah, I might've all that stuff with mom might've happened, but at the end of the day, I, you know, I saved your offspring. Okay, Bill, yeah. what do you think? Or Al, sorry, Al. Well, I was gonna say I think Bill made that made a similar point before is like she is starting to kind of plant the seed of uh leadership it within or you know, trust. Like she was literally the the party leader, um, as someone who really wants to go play Xbox right now. Um uh, that's what, the, what you say is party leader. Uh so the <laughs> she was the party leader, um, she saved his son. And now she's having these one-on-one -on -one conversations while the armor is building new armor for her and say, hey, listen, you know that thing you guys worship like as part of your creed or whatever? Yeah, it's real. And I can show you and I will bring you back to the promised land. So it like it makes total sense. I just again. With with the heel turn and, and all of this happening, why is this bad? What is the what is what do we what's what are the ramifications of this? Um, in the sense of like, if if Bo gets everything she wants, reclaims Mandalore, has the dark saber, is starting to build up the Mandalorians again. What is so bad about that, and how is that a reason for an entire season of the show? Well, that's, she, that's what I'm still confused about. Well, yeah. she's had a very mixed history. I mean, she turned on her sister. That she's a, she's a big part of why Mandalore fell. 
mm-hmm. um, you know, her sister and, and to be fair, you know, her sister was trying to impose more pacifist views and make the Mandalorian culture less warlike, which of course, when you take what makes Mando's Mando, you know, you're, you're going to run into opposition, but she stood against her own family. She let her sister get dethroned, imprisoned, um, you know, and then she, I mean, she was part of the rebellion. She was part of the death watch. She's why a big part of why the way exists in a, in a way, cause they are like a spinoff. I want to say of the, the death watch. Um, so they had bombings. They were the terrorists in Mandalore. So she was a terrorist, domestic terrorist <laughs> for a bit. I mean, so what, so what's going to happen is she's going to put Vizsla in line because he's not, a, I, 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 I Joe, I agree with you, the whole thing with the son, but I don't think she's ever going to verbalize that. I think he'll verbalize that to her. And I think she'll be very wary of him because he's a Vizlov. And he's like, one, this is the way you're part of our team now. You've been absolved. You've been baptized. All sins forgiven. And, and, and like, if you're a very Catholic, happy Easter, everybody, this is, this is what happens. <laughs> and then two, what I think the, Al, I think the breaking point here is, they're all on board with the mission, but the mission can't be complete. She cannot rule until she gets the dark saber back and she will not stop. And she might resort to a moment where she looks like she's going to kill Mando or try to have him killed. And that's when I think Vizsla and the armorer could be like, that's our guy. Because whether how much shit they give Mando, they have been with him. So the conflict, the conflict is just the control of the dark saber but she can't be the true i know that i know we've, but I'm we've just talked saying. i know i'm saying like that that to me is so minuscule to but everything the, else that has gone around. but i think so i think that's what's going to be brought up by mando he's like it's just a sword it's just you are the leader and she's like no, I have to. That was the whole thing. He the, the finale. He's like, you take the fucking saber. I yeah. here it is. I'm putting it on a platter. There's crackers next to it. Have a yeah. snack. And they're like, no, <laughs> I have to beat you for it. And I think she will resort to. But she anything. doesn't have to kill him for it. I know, but she's so power yeah. hungry and she's manipulating well, everyone that she will go. She will make a decision that's going to put Vizsla and the armor against her and on Mando's side, and that's going to end them. I think, or she's going to put them in a situation to get killed. It's going to be Grogu. She's going to mess with Grogu. Yeah. And so I think that it's, so I think there's something that's going to happen that she's going to do it. That's going to set Vizsla and the armor off. And because she will go to all lengths to get what she wants, no matter how petty those lengths are, because in season uh, four, sorry, I thought it was going to say three again, she will be the villain. She will be the big bad. Of what? Of what? The season. No, no, I get that. I get that. But like, again, either way these things happen is is, is if she reclaims Mandalore, if she gets the Darksaber, cool. What's next? Who is the adversary to this? Unless she is, unless it's... Moff Gideon is in prison. Well, well, okay. Well, we know that there is something along the lines of him coming back. Blah 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 blah. Well, that's like, what the last episode I think was like. Those people are sympathetic to either Moth Gideon or Thrawn. Yes. So that's who's going to come into play here. I think to good. challenge for that. Great. 
and but I, guess, I also think I, that that's what I'm hoping. So I think yeah. that'll happen. Something with the Soka happens. Everyone's gonna be like, "Oh, you know what? We got a we got a show over there. We're gonna do now." They go there. Uh, like Sasha Banks comes back, she hits a move. It's gonna be great. And then, but the the uh, the end is the turn for her. She does something so radical. Whether that's aligning her, aligning herself with like the the remnants of the first the, the starting of the first order, or she does something that is so radically bad that they're like, "Fuck you, we can't be on your side," and they kill them. I, I and, guess and Mando's in peril. I guess the big the reason why I'm in is so much like question mode right now the, is, we're just this is all theory that's why yeah, yeah there's of course that too but like season two when you go back and look at it look at it it was so it was so much spectacle and the the most spectacle that we have gotten so far has been a flashback in this episode yeah this is the, the one time where we popped right was like yeah. this moment in this episode where we're like holy shit there was so many more moments of that in season two and even in the two season two and a half, if you really think about That's it, true. Like, of like things happening. Holy crap. All of these things are happening right now. It just feels like, all right, we're slowly building up to this conflict between these two characters. And the only thing that's really exciting is these side stories that are happening off world away from everyone on Coruscant or in the past with Grogu. And I'm not as excited about the present because it just feels like this like growing tension and we're not seeing anything exciting in that instance like like uh, you know as joe and i want to hear from you too um as you mentioned earlier it's like we we were retreading the giant monster stuff we're not seeing uh a ahsoka samurai episode we are not seeing like that cool shit that we saw or the you know even uh, it was a giant monster, but like we saw the the crate dragon and an entire town fight it off in in the marshal. Like we're not seeing these big spectacle episodes. We're seeing a very slow build storyline so far over four episodes. And the most unique, exciting things that I have seen so far this season have not happened with our main characters outside of Grogu. It has happened with a scientist on Co- uh, Coruscant and uh past grogu and a brand new character so it's like we're not seeing the mando we're not seeing stuff that's happening in the current timeline of events of our main guys so are you worried about that do you think we're going to get that more in the second half or like what do you see i think it's going to be the second half because you know how they're setting up with having those baby dragons and stuff like that like i think we're going to have some like epic uh big battle you know have all these beasts everybody you know strapping up and you know kicking ass and stuff like that um i think there's a reason why it's a slow build because i felt like this is kind of like the weaker season up until this episode at least because i just felt like i don't know like like we said you're you're retreading the monster attack and stuff like that and I just felt bored the first three episodes. I was just like, yep, I I caught myself like checking my phone and going, you know, whatever. Like I just, I was not, I was not in it where seasons one and two uh, loved it. And these first three episodes, I was like, oh, my biggest gripe almost about this episode is, is that it was too short. It went by so damn fast. Um, And like you said, you planted the seeds about, you know, this new Jedi and what, what do you know, what are we going to do and stuff like that? I almost feel like 
the theories are is what drove uh, this episode. Um, it's like, what's next? What can we expect? What do we want? What, you know, what do you think we're going to see? Um, I hope we have a big epic battle or lead to a big ep- epic battle. Like, I feel like the last two episodes are probably going to be that. Um, because if it's back to just a boring side story, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm torn with that doctor story because, like, I kind of... <sighs> I saw it coming with the girl turning on him. So yeah. I guess I just, I don't know, like it didn't really like, Oh man. Oh shit. The doc got caught. You yeah. know, I was just like, well, I'm just honestly waiting. the whole time they, they were in the, uh, they were on the, the train and stuff too. I'm like, Oh, they're doing the reek storyline from game of Thrones. This is, <laughs> this is the, Oh, well, there's, there's a couple things. Yeah. No, there this was, was yeah. this there was, was nothing decapitated. Yeah, no. I was about to say there no, were no severed the, body parts. No, correct. But this which was, I know is a big minus for you. Yes. yes. But this was the um, I am on your side. Let me get you out of here. Let me do the thing that you want most in the world right now. I'm going to lead you to the promised land. Actually, no, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> I'm going to ruin your life. Okay. So it, I felt very, I, I totally agree, um, okay. Joe, on that one. Okay. Well, well, I'm going to, so I know we're going to dive into awards here in a bit, because I know Joe, you mentioned, of course, the, the timing of the episode, you know, as, as something that didn't work. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. But um, you know, I just want to ask you guys, I guess, one last question, because I know now I think, you know, unless anybody wants to add in about, you know, Bo's conversation with the armor about the mythosaur, you know, I think, Al, you, you had it, you know, perfect, it said it perfectly, because I thought the same thing. At first I was like, well, maybe, you know, maybe she's kind of just feeling the waters. I think she's trying to enlist people to her cause instead of going straight to Din. Let's go to the armor. She's, she's got a lot of pull around here kind of thing. So it's like a politician. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's, and Bo is a politician too. People forget. I know she's marketed as a warrior. She was raised that way, but she, she grew up in the, the Royal court of Mandalore. <laughs> so let me ask you guys a question here before we dive into awards. So of course this, this episode's title is the, is the foundling. Who do you guys think is actually the foundling here? What do you think, Bill? Ask me first. Of course um, I did. Um, I still think it's Grogu because it's a multiple foundling. He was he's found and, and, and saved by our our favorite game show host. And then he's he's the found he's now a foundling within the Mandalorians. And just he he's just been found so many times with so many different people, Luke, Ahsoka, Mando, multiple times. Like, and he's just a, you know he he is he he tries these new things. So I think he's now I think it's still Grogu in a lot of ways. Okay, Al, who do you think is the family? It's just the double meaning. It's 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 two similar, not similar, but two stories happening at the same time, and they said, oh well, we're gonna. You know, in the writers' room, they're like, "Well, we have this idea of you know doing a Grogu backstory, uh, and he is currently a foundling. And then uh, we're also going to try to speed up the Bo-Katan storyline, and let's center it on one of the foundlings getting taken by a big dragon." So yeah, I think it's just a double meaning. Right? They're both foundlings. So. Okay, Joe, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you I'm gonna let you wrap it up at least with this one. So, but um, I feel like um, for me, the foundling. It definitely was Grogu was the, the, the main focus, but I even feel like Bo-Katan. 
could be a foundling in a little bit because she's she you see her trying to get used to her the customs you know like the whole how do you take how do you eat with other people around and she's looking around like it's a complete adjustment for her so it's almost like she was found by the this coven as well and having to learn their ways because they're very different from what she's used to so um so i think it applied to her uh, as well as Grogu, but Joe, what do you what do you think? Take us home on this one. What do you think? A hundred hundred percent agree because Bo was uh, like a fish out of water. She was like, like you said, like, wait, how do you guys eat? Like, what do you guys do? Like, and she was almost like trying to be a mentor to Grogu, but at the same time, like she was just kind of like, oh shit, like what do you, like what do we do now? You know, like so. I think I, I think Bo and Grogu were both the uh, foundlings, so. All right. Well, let's dive into some awards, guys. So, of course, we got to go with No Squeezy, the No Squeezy Award here. So what was y'all's favorite or like the cutest Grogu moment of this episode? Because he does so much cute stuff, guys. And I'm just going to punch someone who ever says that they don't like Grogu. It's just going to happen because he's just getting cuter and cuter. So, Joe, do you have like the most adorable Grogu moment? I, I love the training scene the, with the paintballs. Like, I just, like, every time he, when he got hit, he would just, like, look up, like, at, you know, at at Mando. Like, I just love that. I, that that was my favorite. And then when he gets shot again, he looks up, like, well, you know what I was supposed to do, you know? Like, I love that. I That was my favorite scene with him. The, he was just so, he was so oh, sorry. Sorry. No, no. No, no, no. For him, oh, at least, to me. It it wasn't adorable, but it like kind of broke my heart because it brings you back when you're a parent to like when your when your kid gets sad, like when the, like every time the armor kept hitting the metal and he just kept like trying to starting to think about stuff. I'm like, oh my god, I just want to hug this thing. I just want to just rub his head and be like, it's okay, you're good. Because you know when you're a parent and like your baby, your little baby is like upset and you see that it's like adorable, but it also breaks your fucking heart. So like that to me, it was like it felt like the most. I feel like it's like one of the more realistic moments of Grogu being like a uh, like a small child. Like, is it is this like oh he's cute? He did a, just did a backflip, but no. But this like him being sad and that emotion there really felt like oh he's a real child that moment. Oh, I love that. It's just true. It was that was really that was really cute. Al, what is your what's your no squeezy uh, moment? It's the, same, it's the same one. It's just like that first time he gets shot, he looks at uh, at Din and he's like. Dad, <laughs> it's the cutest thing. I was like, "Oh, that's that's adorable." I like they they nailed it. I mean, that, it's the best actor on on television, and it's not real. Amazing. Yeah, I as much as I'm going to try to be a little different. I lo- although I loved the training scene, the little flips and everything. He's like, "Ha!" Ah, you know, that was that was awesome when they got those last those last three hits in one. I was like, "Go, Grogu!" Um, I like the little scene where he's looking at the crabs. The oh. little rock crabs. Yeah. That was just the sweetest little thing because all these, everybody else, they're in the training zone and they're in the mode and they're doing their thing. And he's just chilling because, you know, like, like Seth is a lot like that. You know, that's like you have everybody engaging and doing something else and he just kind of goes and does his own thing sometimes. And that was a very Seth moment for me with Grogu just sitting there checking out the rocks chilling just doing his thing and i'm like and just just the connection he has with nature you know i really want to see him ride one of those little dragon things i feel like maybe that might be what we see because he has this connection with animals and it just seems to continue and i i really love that so that's my no squeezy 
with the little hem channel on the beach because I would scoop them up and and just steal them and he'd, he'd bail mine. Um, <laughs> so we'll, we'll dive back into theories here in a little bit, but I want to know for you guys, what was it that you really loved about this episode? What worked for you? What, what gets your Carl Weathers signature handshake of approval? So Al, I got what, what gets All that right. handshake? Okay. okay. So we talked about this episode at length at this point where we pretty much don't need to go into any more detail. But the thing that I loved about the thing I loved the most about this episode outside of the Ahmad best of it all, there is a shot of Bo-Katan ship chasing the yeah. fucking dragon. Yeah. And I was like, Oh shit. That is one of the most cinematic shots of the entire series. And so reminiscent of the original trilogy where I was like, that's fucking awesome. And it's, and it's um it, like, it's, I guess the suns are setting or whatever. And it's, and it's just like all orange and it's got that like um faded and also like um what's it called out of focus look and i was like that is star wars and i was like i I'm a, i was obsessed i was like really really digging that oh that's favorite awesome part. favorite part of the i feel episode. like i feel like that's got to be like a like a screensaver of some sort or something cuz that that shot was so iconic cool. It was so cool. So cool. So Joe, what was it for you? What is what is it about this episode that gets that Carl Weathers signature handshake of approval? I really did like that chase scene in the beginning. I think that was right at the beginning, right? Right before the credits rolled. Uh that mm-hmm. where they yeah. chasing the dragon. But um I, I gotta go back to Ahmed. I I really liked that that scene with where he saved Groku. I thought that was so badass. Like, you know, that the door opened and he was right there. Um that was my favorite scene. Uh, the, the pacing was just so good the entire episode. Like, I, I didn't feel like there was a dull moment. Like, there was no, like, lag. It was boom, boom, boom. Everything had a purpose. There was no, like, boring backstory. There was no, like, side character I didn't give a crap about. It, the pacing was phenomenal. All right. Bill, what gets your handshake? Uh, yeah, it, it is. It is the, the Ahmed scenes. Uh, but for me, it's uh, as much as I love the lightsaber stuff. It was the chase. I think it's one of like one thing I, I know, Al, you mentioned there's been the lack of spectacle. But one thing I think they have done very well in every episode so far um, has been a chase scene. Or some sort of, uh, you know, we we had it last episode with the dog fight. We had it with the space pirates. We, uh, you know, we we had the running scene within in episode three with the train. Like, there's always some sort of chase, and it really works well here. And I love that we're back on Coruscant. We actually saw the the, the top of the mountain that we saw in the last episode, so it was on a nice little callback there. And it was just and the way they went through the train. And I just thought it was fantastic, because especially since this character, uh, old game show host Jones, doesn't eat it, because that's what you think is going to happen. Well, he's obviously going to die. And he doesn't. And so now I'm like, well, here's another story for us. And I think I think that's really cool. And I actually, uh, I'll wrap a little Reynolds wrap around my head right now. Yeah. I'll be like, hey, this character, if this ends up being like in the Ahsoka series, is like Ahsoka's like, ally or something like that you you give them something to do i think we've all proven that this is a great character we want to see more uh, although i could see a tragic end coming in the next episode when they you know reveal more or a couple episodes down the road when we reveal more of the backstory um i think like i think it's a pretty cool character that we we got here 
Mm, I like that. I like that. How so, many years in the past is this? Um, so that's right around the end of uh, Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith. Twenty years? Thirty years? So he's old yeah. man Ahmad best if he's still alive. Well, he's like he's like Obi Wan Kenobi at the beginning of A New Hope. I'll, find it. I'll I'll do well, that research while you're doing it. He's old as shit. <laughs> um, well, for me, I did enjoy the fight at the end with you know with like flying dragon because you know the Mandos have been picked on for like a hot minute, and I was feeling really bad for them. And it was finally nice to see them actually take down something, although it was really Bo and and Din um, who really did. Um, but it was nice to kind of see them be Mandos and fight. And instead of just being the people that get picked on at the beach all the time, that was, it was nice to see the Mandos live up to a little bit of, of their, their reputation, if you will. So I enjoyed, I always enjoy a good, a good little fight scene um, at the end, but was there anything for you guys that didn't work? Like, you know, again, here's our dark saber disappeared again. Where's the dark saber award? Um, what didn't work for you guys? You know, Joe, did you have anything that didn't work? I just felt like it, it was too short. Other than that, that, that was my biggest complaint, honestly. Okay. So, Bill, anything that didn't work for you? Yeah, man. I'm going to say just it, it was it was too, it was, you know, Carl Weathers did a great job here, but it was just, it, but again, that was his other episode too, uh, last season. It just was kind of short for me. And I think the other thing that didn't work was it's just, I, we can't go back to a monster fight again. We just yeah. can't do it again. I, even though I think we might. Like, I think we, we've we monstered enough on this planet. Okay. Al, anything that didn't work for you? Yeah, I, I, Bill said it. It's It was just the monster thing of it all. I thought when the credits came up and it said directed by Carl Weathers, it was like, great job, Carl Weathers. Rushed it again. Like, honestly, I thought the episode, like, although quick, was like packed. With he yeah. did that last season. Yeah, he did that last season for his yeah, yeah. two. And, and I think good. they're really good at saying like, oh, well, Carl Weathers is good at this style episode. Yes. And and um, what's her name is great at this style episode. Okay. Bryce Dallas Howard. Bryce Howard. Yes, She's her episode's still coming. She's going to direct the best episode, obviously, because yeah. she has yeah. so far. He's the best. Uh, I can't wait. Yeah, uh, you know, for me, I'm like, how did that kid not get eaten? How long was the span of time where the kid didn't get eaten? I'm like, this kid was, was gone in, for a hot he minute. Was, he was He's in, in the mouth or the like the whatever pouch, like mama, the storage he, pouch. She was, she was mama burning it. Yeah, she mama burned. Isn't it like a pouch? Isn't there like a pouch where birds keep their food and then they regurgitate? Isn't it like Isn't a stomach? Like stum- it's a not stomach, an ornithologist. Right? Yeah, is like- there like stomach acid in play in terms that's of like my thought too kid. i was like well i was like did this thing not eat the like how long was the span of time from because i was like y'all are taking your time <laughs> yeah. to get this kid um so i was surprised the kid was still alive i'm like that that didn't really make a lot of sense to me but i'm being nitpicky um i mean it's it's hard to come back to that after seeing ahmed best do his best and and just loved it so um so yeah so any other theories before we jump into our pop culture you know recommendations social media plugs is there is there any other i know we've, we've chatted uh, chatted a lot about theories i mean anything you guys want to 
had, um, you know, especially now that we we know who saved Grogu. Um, you know, is there anything that you want to add to the theory to the theory list here? Anything you want to jump on a space whale and go hyperspace into? What do you think, Joe? Do you got any theories you want to throw in there about where this is going? No, uh, I j- I just hope um, less monster fights and more badass scenes. That's really all I want. I'm you a know, simple man. You're a simple man. You know, I've been wondering. This has been on my mind all day, thinking about where Kel- Keller and Beck was taking Grogu to, and I'm wondering if we're gonna get like a Kane and Jarrus or like somebody from Rebels. If we're going to meet a character that's going to tie into Ahsoka. Yeah. I mean, Kanan makes sense. I mean, like little Padawan Kanan at this point, because he's, he, uh, you know, because um, he's still a kid at this point surviving. Um, you know, I, I wonder if we're going to get something like that. Or maybe he takes him to Quinlan Boss. <laughs> Who knows? Okay. But what do you think, Al? I, I have one that's, I almost don't want to say it because I actually want it to happen. Is Okay. Do it. When we meet Grogu, he doesn't like he's like doesn't remember. Like the memories are like suppressed. Do we know if someone did that to him? And if so, it has to be a very powerful Jedi. I think he is taking him to Yoda. (gasps) Shut the fuck up. I mean, there is that theory out there that he's Yoda's child with the adult. Yeah, there's so that theory. I think I, I don't know if I could make it past the episode. Cast. I don't think so either. But like, think about it. Like, I will we explore. get like we get last Jedi puppet Yoda against Grogu, like acting against them. Like it would be amazing. And on top of that, like who else is more powerful enough to be like, for your safety, I'm going to block your memories for the foreseeable future outside of trauma like he's already we he's not like dumbfounded when he's being taken away and i know obviously he's younger at this point but at the same time it's like those he had those memories he's repressed them that's my only theory super tinfoil but be kind of cool that's the other so is mace windu dead well it hasn't been confirmed never never confirmed so that's the only other person yeah, and 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 a great time too. And we've talked about that in the past of like, oh man, it'd be amazing if this is the vehicle which they bring him back in. I mean, he just has a secret invasion he's gonna eventually do. Oh man. Oh, you guys, there's so much here. There's so much. I just yeah. And I know at some point we're just gonna get to Thrawn and it's gonna be super epic. But um, so thank you guys all for your feedback. Thank you, Joe, for being with us. There really is no comparison to Joe Harrison on a podcast. So thank you thank so you much. Thank you for having me. Thank you. <laughs> and thank so, you for using my line. I appreciate it. Of course, that. of course. So thank you again for joining us. Um the solid you, line. Thank it you. Is. Because there really is. It'd be and on a t-shirt, probably, that you can probably find on ProWrestlingTees.com. <laughs> yes. Thank you for that plug. <laughs> you, know, I, you know, I wish I could do that. Oh, my God, it's Joe Harrison. <laughs> and do it right. I don't think I did that justice, but there we go. Oh, my God, it's Joe Harrison. So There we go. That works. That works? Okay. Yeah. Um, so before we wrap up, um, so everybody, if you can give like one very quick pop culture recommendation you want to give to our listeners, and then tell us where to find you guys on social. So, Al, I'll start with you. Where, where, do you, where can people find you on social and all the cool concert photos and all the cool things that you're doing right now? 
You can find me at Al Manorino on Instagram and Twitter. I will be probably posting a lot about my child over the next uh, children, but specifically the one I'll be with most of the day uh, as I'm starting my paternity leave. Uh, So you'll see a lot of uh, tweets uh, uh, probably of the child and and me losing my mind over the last four weeks, uh, next four weeks. So that'd be fun. Uh, You can see some of my photos of some of the concerts I've covered in the last few weeks on my Instagram, including uh, Maggie Rogers at uh, Radio City Music Hall, John Mayer at the Prudential Center, and Bruce Springsteen at the Wells Fargo Center, which was awesome. And uh, hopefully have a lot more planned in the summer. So we'll see. Yeah. And, uh, pop culture recommendation for us. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, I have a double feature for you guys. I told Bill about this the other night. It's a good one. I watched uh, because I've been listening to I've been re-listening to the Rewatchables podcast and they talk about like rewatchable movies. And uh, so I was like, oh, I want to really I'm, I'm going to watch Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's been a minute. And after I finished, you know, the most logical thing is like, all right, let's throw in Temple of Doom or let's put on Last Crusade. I'm like, no, double feature Raiders of the Lost Ark inglorious bastards nice yeah so i think i'm gonna just start a double features tiktok where i come up with fun double Fuck features you your tiktok actually that, that was that was that was an idea from ryan and i kind of want to do it your yeah. favorite person bill your favorite right. person he's not a, he's not neither al nor my favorite person ever <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> well bill where can people find you Oh, God, who has the time to follow me on everything? So I am at Bodkin Writes on Twitter, which is mostly uh, random wrestling references and stuff about the popbreak.com. We've been doing this for 14 years, so check us out every single day. Uh, And uh, we've got a lot of stuff from South by Southwest. That's really cool. Coming up, we're going to have interviews with Michael J. Fox, Elizabeth Olsen, Jesse Plemons, some really cool stuff coming up. Um, Sean Cordy went down there for us and did did an amazing job, as always. Follow all my podcasts. Besides this one, I do TV Break, which is on the Pop Break TV feed. I just dropped the new Anchored and Asbury interview series podcast I do on Pop Break Today, which uh, I talked about good buddy Kenny Pete of the reggae band Dub Proof. Also, Bill versus the MCU, which is my Marvel First Watch podcast where we did season two of Daredevil. Um, I follow the Pop Break on Instagram and Twitter at the Pop Break. And I'm just going to recommend if you have to find this pro wrestling match, even if you are not a pro wrestling fan, find the main event from the March 22nd episode of AEW Dynamite, which aired on TBS. So it's on demand for your local cable operator. It's on the TBS app. Kenny Omega versus El Hijo Del Vikingo is a dream match. It is one of the wildest matches you've ever seen. Al, I, I might make you watch that and have you just come back and report on it because it is one of the most insane pro wrestling matches you will see on free television uh, between two of the best in the business right now. So I've been watching Vikingo since he started, literally his like debut in AAA. I've been wanting him in AEW since 2019 when the company started. It finally happened with him and Omega. It is a spectacle beyond all birds can describe. So go check that out. It's fucking phenomenal. And of course, uh, watch Bluey because it's the best cartoon on. <laughs> I Yeah, that match was epic. I went back and watched it and I was like, oh my gosh. And then we also got like lazy, roll, lazy, like orange Cassidy rolls for Sting at the same episode. So it was great. It was great. Um, 
So for me, and of course, I'm going to let our guests take it home, but for me, you can find me on Instagram primarily at Amandalorian. Um, and so, yeah, t- all my like t-shirts, random Star Wars, Marvel, DC shares, uh, you know, of course I'm, I'm hitting the gym. So all that fun stuff. Uh, so my randomness is there. And um, of course, my pop culture recommendation is going to be Star Wars related again. And I'm going to, I cannot tell people enough, 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 watch The Bad Batch. Yes, the first uh, the first season is a little slow, but man, these last this these last like four or five this last half of the season of Bad Batch has been fantastic, hitting on the transition from the clone army to to the the enlisted or forced I guess enforced enlisted um, stormtroopers and just what becomes of the Bad Batch. Things are really coming around for them, so check that out. Love it. If you're a Star Wars fan, please, just please don't sleep on it. Filoni's doing a great job building over there. And finally, again, thank you again, Joe, for being with us. So please take us home with your pop culture recommendation. And where can people find you on socials? Uh, you can find me at OMGIJH uh, on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, basically everything, TikTok. Um, so again, that's OMGIJH. If you want to get some merch, it's prowrestlingtees.com slash O-M-G-I-G-H. My pop culture reference, recommendations rather, I just read a graphic novel called The Crimson Cage. And it's basically Shakespeare meets wrestling in the 80s. So if you love wrestling, especially in the golden era, it's a pretty awesome read. Uh, Also a movie, I really like uh, these horror movies called X and Pearl. Uh, Very weird, creepy, scary. It's like X is kind of like a homage to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So if you like that, okay. I think you would really like X. Huh. I'll have to check those out, probably hiding behind, you know, my hand, but I will, I will <laughs> check those out. So, um, so again, thank you everybody for being with us. Have a great night. And next week we'll be back with more Mando.